Hey, 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 it's a night recording. January 31st, 2019, the last day of January. And we're heading into February, right? February 1st tomorrow. And uh, it's 8.50 p.m., 62 degrees Fahrenheit. Dark, dark, dark in uh, Phoenix. A late night walk for the bud. So... I am in the dark. There's some cloud cover. Lights from the city of Phoenix on the other side of this little hill mountain thing. That's to the north and then to the south. Darkness. Indian Reservation. The Gila. Gila. G-I-L-A. Gila Indian Reservation. I'm it makes me feel like I'm in Berlin, Germany, right? Right, doesn't it, for you, wouldn't you think? Wait a minute, what is, what is Michael talking about? How is the Gila Indian Reservation connected to Berlin, Germany? Well, here's the connection. So, we lived in the very south suburb of Berlin called Lichtenrada. What a great place. It was uh, the most southern area of West Berlin. So across the wall, or the boundary, was East Germany. So you'd uh, walk to the edge of what was formerly West Berlin and look out onto this expanse of nothing, <laughs> which was the East Germany. So big fields. So it's kind of like... So why did the why did these housing developments stop all of a sudden? Oh, that's right. Oh yeah, it's East Germany. <laughs> so that was it. They built up until the edge, and then nothing. There was stuff in East Germany, but it just didn't have to be right next door. So the Gila Indian Reservation in Phoenix is you have housing developments all the way up to the edge and then it stops. And there's nothing out there but a field and they grow some crops. But that's the edge. There's nothing out there. Well, for a few miles anyway. So I feel like I'm back in Berlin. <laughs> I do like Berlin. It's a pretty cool place. It's not exactly like super cool I and mean, it's kind of flat. So Bavarians love the mountains and the Alps. So it's, it's a good six, seven hour drive away. And for Germans, seven hour driving is like forever. For Americans, that's nothing, right? That's a seven hour drive, nothing. And anyway, so what am I doing? I'm walking the dog, it's 8.50. Just got done with uh, a, a group from church that meets. I'm in a new group. And uh, we're studying 1 John together. So we did the first few verses. And um, yeah, it's a pretty big group. And we only have an hour. And we kind of... It's uh, just getting started. So my light bulbs for the week. Readings was uh, 
the word of life. So again, I've I've been on a kick of uh, reading a chapter every day of the New Testament, and uh, kind of roughly have them in chronological order, focusing on Paul's writings. But then I throw in for bonus readings John's epistles or letters, you know. And he's he's a, he's got his own style, that's for sure. And uh, by repetitive reading without going real deep, I enjoy just re- repeating the overview, getting kind of getting the big picture, getting it going through it methodically. And I I just happen to be on. There's five chapters of First John, so I just finished today. First John five, so I've, I kind of have this um, text in mind, <clears throat> and I, I don't really get a chance to share in this group my methodology. I haven't done that yet, but um, I, I just keep reading. And, uh, I, I really like the authors and the personalities. They're different, you know. Paul writes one way, and John has his own slant, and I think he's pretty, he's got some funny things I noticed when I've read his stuff, especially the end of his gospel, is something really cracks me up there, but um, yeah, he, he writes, and uh, I was reminding myself, and sharing with the group, that writing back then, I mean, they, we take it for granted when we read scriptures um, in our phones or iPads or electronically or leather-bound Bibles. It's just easily accessible to us. But I mean, and, and then we can also write. Right? We're all familiar with writing emails and write, 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 and write. And, uh, you know, you get on your MacBook Pro or some kind of laptop thing. You can just bang out, get open a Word document, pages document, something, and then you're just typing away. And uh, not for these guys. I mean, there was, uh, there was no electronics back then, <laughs> so they actually had to get some kind of writing instrument and some material to write on, paper or something. And so I, 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 uh, I think we sometimes take it for granted maybe that's not even the right expression for it but not appreciating how precious each word was to them so like if we can word write 10,000 words push a button have the computer tell us well there's 10,000 words there's 20,000 words they they don't they didn't bother with that they wrote from their heart they wrote from their their mind and and uh I don't know how they wrote. I mean, I don't know what was in their head, but they certainly weren't verbose and frequent writers. I mean, they, they, when they sat down to write, I imagine it's, it wasn't uh, as easy as it was for us to write. So I want to think that the words are a little more deep and thought out. So today's light bulb phrase for me is the word of life so um, and even first John the first four verses he talks about the um, the eternal life not the, not just the subject of eternal life but the cults. Uh, he's referring to 
Jesus because he he's seen him, he heard him, he touched him. And that's the word of life. So one of the things I do sometimes in reading is like, what's the opposite of that? So the word of death, is that the, isn't that the opposite? The word of death. And then philosophically, I think of that's what the, our condition, the human condition right now is really the word of death. So um, for whatever reason, my mind thought, what, we're born, and for us to stay alive, we need to eat, we need food, otherwise we'll die. And, and babies don't really have to think much about it. They know that they need food. They have a desire for food, and mothers will know that. They, babies cry because they're hungry and they want something to eat. And if they don't get to eat, eventually they die. So, um, kind of the human condition is death avoidance. <laughs> Along with the, we often think of like desires and pleasure and, you know, sophisticated things, but they're, underneath it all, I think there's a subtle avoidance of death that we go through. And we even do it when we drive a car. It's just like, I think it's a subtle all day long. You know, we are, things happen, something, a big bang happens, we kind of are concerned about it. And we will uh, look around, check out the surroundings, make sure everything's okay. Or when we're driving, of course, I mean, we're looking at other cars on the road and uh, avoiding death, right? It's not bumper cars. I was thinking about it the other day. I probably drive a little bit like I'm in a bumper car, although I don't want it. I'm trying to avoid contact. So, And I think for the most part, that's what we all do when we drive. Is we, nobody wants to have contact. It's pretty ugly. Even if you don't die, it's just a, just a main, it's a big pita. It's, a, it's a, just a big pita to get in a car accident. You know, you got a mangled up car, you may or may not be able to drive it, it looks like crap, got to get it fixed, go to the insurance company, find out your deductible is a thousand dollars, you know, just be like, oh crap, and uh, maybe get a rental car for a while, get the car fixed, maybe junk it, find, have to go look for a new car, and uh, so that's avoiding death, avoiding pain, avoiding this stuff. But the word of life, the word of life, we don't get, word of, no, no one really has a word of life. You know, we have words of pleasure, word, words of promises of feel-good stuff. Word of life, and then what's the thing? Eternal life. And uh, that was the other light bulb thought was we, in my experience, I kind of thought like, well, eternal life starts when we die. Now I'm thinking like, well, maybe it actually starts now. So we can st start that eternal life now. And it's an attitude, a thought, a, con a consciousness of having that eternal life now. Sure, there's pain, there's suffering, there's unpleasantries. 
organized. I'm like not an organized person. So don't, if you're, if you're listening to this podcast, this is not a podcast for how to organize your life. Because <laughs> I suck at it. That's not one of my strengths. So I don't have a little folder for everything. If you receive, I just wing it. And that, that's probably stupid. But uh, I, I do have to pay someone to do my taxes, and it kind of sucks. But because I, I don't know, I don't, it's kind of weird because you pay someone to do your taxes, but they really need all the information from you, anyways, and they don't know what the information is. So you basically have to tell them. So you have to put it all together for them, and then they organize it and fill out the forms and all that fun stuff. But anyways, that's uh, that's not eternal life doing taxes. That's not. <laughs> Thank goodness we don't have to do taxes forever. <laughs> Although my mom is 94 and she still has to do taxes, and guess what? It's a pain in the ass. It's a pita for my mom too. So anyway, taxes. So word of taxes, word of death. No, it's the word of life. Life. So, um, yeah, live in the moment. Not, not, uh, you know, make merry for tomorrow we die attitude. Not a frivolous thing, but um, a consciousness of, of God. So, um, John writes that his fellowship with the Father and with the Son. And fellowship is a word in American Christian culture. Kind of has some kind of connotation, right? Fellowship. There's a fellowship hall where they get together and have fellowship. But I think in this case, I would say, wait a minute, slow down. Slow down. What does John mean by fellowship? He didn't have, he's writing this um, letter experience in, in like 90 AD. It's, there's not a big organized religion thing going on. It's just people living, Jewish people for the most part. Uh, they had this experience with, with uh, Christ and John says that he's seen him, he heard him, he touched him. So eyewitness. But he, I, and then I didn't get to share this either, but reality is they didn't really understand what was going on either, so it's all hindsight, looking back. Um, I'm sure a lot of aha moments happen for these guys. They go, oh, that's why that, well, that's why he was saying that. That's why he was doing that. Oh, okay. So that's um, the Jesus. The Jesus man. The word from the beginning. And, uh, uh, where are we at, bud? So, fellowship. Different. Think about it. It's not, um, it's not what we think it is. It's what John meant it to be. And to me, it was consciousness. To me, it means, um, God's presence. It means, when John says that his fellowship is with, with, with the Father and with the Son, he has a conscious presence or acknowledging that, uh, hey, that um, 
because God is real. There you go. Oh, bud, what do you see out here? Looks like maybe moving in or moving out. That's what happens at uh, moving time, moving in, moving out. Do it on all times of the day. And moving's kind of an asshole, right? It's also a peanut. So that's my post-group study commentary. I basically kept my mouth shut. I made my contributions, which were pretty much what you heard. And uh, a few other ones. One was the other one. The other one was where the overview of the whole book, what are some common words and things that came out. In these first four verses, we talked about them. Um, John says that he proclaims, he proclaims, what we proclaim, and I write this to you. So it's, he's, give, he's, he's telling the reader, like, hey, I'm telling you something, I'm proclaiming to you what they heard, what they seen, what they touched. So it's, he's... He's repeating, he's telling them what he's probably already told them verbally, and now he's just writing it down. And we talked about how is his joy made complete? Well, I think his joy is sharing the message. That's where he's, John's getting the joy by sharing the message. So that's good. But later on in the subsequent chapters, there's talk about abiding. Love, of course, gotta love your brothers. Don't hate your brother. And uh, that's good material for the love everyone always uh, phrase, which I'm trying to adopt in my life. Love everyone always. So, what else? The commandments. So later on in the book, he's going to talk about that we know we love God if we keep His commandments. And so that that whole that word again, commandments. That's such a loaded word for me. I've always kind of, oh, I've always heard commandments, and I'm thinking a list of do's and don'ts, right? Like these are the commandments, right? But that, I'm not, I really haven't heard anyone really talk about well, what does that mean, the commandments, right? And I was saying that my idea is that, well, the main commandments are to love God and love, and love one another, right? And the Bible study leader correctly is like challenging me, like, well, where is that written? And I, I knew it was somewhere. I said, ah, it's in chapter four or something. But it, I, later on, I looked it up. It's actually like chapter three. Verse 23. So it talks about the commands. And um, the. Uh, what we got here? Did Bud, did Bud do some work here? Oh, he sure did. Yeah, Bud. So Bud uh, um, dropped some of his artwork here. So we'll get that picked up. Bring that home. <laughs> Hey, bud, it's your artwork. 
Um, so yeah, the command in First John three twenty-three. It says that um, the commands are to believe. So the first one is believe, and then the other one is to love. So believe, believe and love. Right. Believe is also loving God. It also says that his commands are not burdensome, right? So, um, commands to believe and love are not like easy to do, but they're not burdensome. So, it's not like his commands are to do 100 push-ups every morning, no. It's not, not one of the commands, because that would be a burdensome command every day and do a hundred push-ups to prove that you love God that wouldn't be very fun that would be burdensome so what else what else what else so that's in first John so the, he he writes he's kind of a what I guess you'd say a cool cat old John he does he doesn't write like Paul at all so I, I think that's good right I mean this is where, and again, I didn't bring this up, but it's like, how do we read the Bible? Like, how do, do we read it like, like many times it's preached that it's the inerrant, inspired Word of God? So, I'm not arguing with that, but that doesn't mean that these are some kind of magical writings that God just used these people to write his magic words for all time I don't think that's the case but I think that's how it's comes across sometimes or some people's attitudes towards the scriptures are they, they make it into law you know like oh, I know what this means and this means this this means that they're very confident in their interpretation and uh and, and then if you ask, like, then, then they defend themselves like, well, it's the inerrant, inspired word of God. So, yeah, of course, it means this and that. So, um, buddy, you're really busy with your artwork today. And uh, more creations. And uh, <laughs> which reminds me, I can't help it. I can have to drop this. I'm the German toilets. That's where I first kind of started talking about the artwork. So a German toilet has kind of a shelf in it. So you, uh, you do your business. And it's not like an American toilet. Hey, bud. There's a big, big dog across the road there. And... Uh, Many German toilets have what we call a shelf, so there's like it curves. It's, it's like there's a little bit of water on a shelf, and then in front of the shelf, it goes down into the plumbing. So I don't know why they do that, but but, but the Germans have a shelf toilet, and um, to them, it's just hey, that's the way toilets are, man, and they probably get. I'm guessing that the Germans are probably 
upset with American toilets. Just like we get kind of cranky about a German toilet and go like, whoa, what are, the, what are the Germans doing with these toilets? So the shelf toilet, you, you basically, we, you called it, you could admire your artwork. <laughs> so there would, you could build your little mound in there on the shelf and then you would stand up and flush it and the water would come from behind and, and, uh, and the water would take it off the shelf and into the hole in the front. So it's just, they're like, Americans are like, well, why, why are you building your toilets like this? What? And I'm sure that whoever did this in Germany set the standard, you know? So they all kind of have that. And there's probably a German reason for it. Like, well, it helps with the flow uh, through the sewer system. And, you know, and, you know, this way it mixes with the water before it goes down. The, drain or something, I don't know. And so a German probably would get mad at the American toilets because we essentially have this gallon of water in the toilet and um, maybe like three or four inches of water. So I, I mean, uh, psychologically, I kind of like it because your waste just plops into the water and gets submerged right away, right? Whereas the, the German, the German toilet, it just it's just sitting there on the shelf, you know. It's just it's just bizarre. But the they, the Germans probably get mad at the plop because they're probably like, ah, it splashes on my butt. <laughs> oh, and I'm, I haven't had a beer in a couple of days, so I'm not drinking. If that sounds crazy to you, but um. Yeah, so the plop in the water. So Bud's been busy, and he doesn't use a toilet. So that's why I got the blue bags to pick up his waste. I'm such a great dog owner, at least when it comes to brushing his teeth, washing him, and picking up his poop. I'm probably not the, the best at making him obey and reduce his barking, but... Uh, so I kind of let him do his own thing when it comes to barking and what have you. So it's a quiet night and it's dark. Got about less than 10 minutes before we're home. It's been a productive walk for Bud. And uh, we're heading back. And this was First John 1 through 4. And the Bible study and group leader. Good dude. Uh, he he also is a very loving person. So he, he would probably relate to the love everyone always. Because he, he's very loving. More than I am actually, you know. <laughs> so, so he's a very loving guy and he'll he'll tell you all, you know, quite frequently, you are loved, right? So you are loved. It takes a, to receive that message is the key, right? He, he can deliver the message, you are loved. But we have to receive it and understand it. It's actually kind of a complex um, statement. He's sincere, you know, you're loved. It's great to hear, right? So I'll practice with the listener. You guys are loved. Whoever's listening, you're loved. And... Uh, 
that was sincere. I don't know if it sounds that way, but, <laughs> but it is. So I didn't wasn't planning on doing this podcast. I just I got really close. The temptation was there. I was really close to going to Safeway and buying a six pack of undercover undercover investigation shut down ale by Lagunitas Brewing in Petaluma, California. So I've become a big fan of Lagunitas. It started with the 12th, 12th of Never. And I've, I've watched a few videos from the owners doing lectures or in a Q&A session. He's really funny. So brewing beer. I mean, there's microbreweries everywhere. But I just kind of get a kick out of the Lagunitas guys. And uh, Petaluma, California is a great great name to try to pronounce as is Lagunitas and the uh, undercover investigation shutdown ale is a special brew that may be disappearing soon Um, was it Valentine? I think it's a Valentine's Day uh, beer and the story, I'm like what what is this undercover investigation shutdown ale, I'm like what? I look at the bottle and I and check the alcohol content and they go 9.7% alcohol <laughs> and beers used to be like 4.4% but nowadays people love these IPAs and they they bring the uh, beer content and the alcohol content up to um, 6 6% 5 and a half, 6 6.5, 7 sometimes 8 right and then this 9.7, boy, is it a kicker. And uh, I've had some other 9% beers. Dogfish Head, 90 oh, yeah, 90-minute IPA. That one's uh, another high one. I think it might be 9 or 10%. That one's a little taste, a little medicine-y, I call it. Meaning, you know, hey, it's 10%. Um, 10% alcohol. Now, is that a coyote out there? Or is that just a, a dog that's lost? It's neither. It's a yellow fire hydrant in the dark. I'm thinking I got a golden retriever or something up here about uh, 50 yards away, but it's, uh, it's a yellow fire hydrant. But no, no coyote. Um, so the undercover investigation shut down IL. So I, I decided what's what's going on with this. So I go to the website. There's like a three minute video about the story. There's a story behind it, right? There's got to be a story behind this. So it turns out in 2005, so we're going on 14 years ago, the Lagunitas wasn't really that well known apparently. They were probably just getting started. And they used to have parties or something at some their brewery in Petaluma and people would come over and shoot pool or do something, I don't know um, I think I think in the video they talk about smoking weed which I'm not a, a huge fan of that <laughs> but, but anyways, so, so the FBI starts checking out the party and they send in 
some undercover guys for a couple of weeks, maybe months. And they're like, what are these guys doing? What's with this brewery? They're smoking weed. What's going on? Are they selling weed? And the video goes on and on. They're trying to see if they can bust them for something. And uh, so, in fact, they were, the interview is pretty funny. And they talk about how they, uh, when they, they, in hindsight, they look back on the experience and go, oh, those guys were undercover. They didn't really fit in. They did. They started recalling some strange behavior by these undercover agents um, because they got busted on. I'm pretty sure it was Valentine's Day. So they sent all these cops, and Petaluma can't be a very big city. So they had like 20 cop cars there, FBI, and they're um, arresting them and things. So. Howdy. Hey, bud. Hey, bud, come on. So they uh, got arrested. and the, They actually shut down the brewery for three months, maybe. So it was a startup company, right? Startup. Some of you people are entrepreneurs out there, right? So don't you want some great entrepreneur studies, um, stories like your business? You know, super chill conversations. <laughs> I hope, I hope she's listening. I hope she enjoys these things too, I don't know. We, we love uh, Morgan, shout out to Morgan, who does the podcast Tequila and Sunshine, which there is a song, I'm pretty sure, Tequila Sunshine or something, or Sunrise, I don't know, something like that. Super chill conversations um, on business. And life, of course. So this this is my... I just... I don't do mine. Mine are not about business. These podcasts are not about... They're not about business. These are about life. And everything is spiritual, so... Shout out to Rob Bell. Business is about... Is spiritual, too, right? Can be. Everything is spiritual, so... As Rob would say... So super chill conversations about business. So if you're an entrepreneur starting your business, you really should probably go get some, run to your local brewer or grocery store as soon as possible and demand that you get some Lagunitas undercover investigation shut down L because you, just, you need to start thinking about your stories, about your, your business, you know? And wouldn't you want to be able to say that the FBI came in to investigate your business and they want—they were trying to shut you down? <laughs> so, Morgan, I may have to get some undercover agents to investigate your online business there. Your uh, propaganda publishing agency in the spirit of Joseph Goebbels. <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't even had one. So I was I was thinking about it. I was close to buying a six-pack. I don't even know if they still have it on the shelf. I'm going to go tomorrow and take a look. Because tomorrow's Friday. And probably a good practice for me is not to drink any alcohol on Monday to Thursday. Or Sunday probably too. But maybe Sunday before 6. 
<laughs> Mike's own personal, what do they call those laws? There's some kind of laws about drinking. I forgot. The county. County laws. County. Dry county. Great B-52 song, by the way. Dry County, one of the classics. B-52s. So, we're about three minutes away from ending this podcast. So there wasn't a lot of structure, was there, on this one? There's not much structure at all other than you're guaranteed to get dulcet tones. That's one thing I can guarantee you that you will get dulcet tones on this podcast. And a shout out to Stevie O'Brien in Dublin who taught me about life-changing people. I love that expression. Good Irish. It sounds great from an Irishman. Wow, I've got to meet some great life-changing people. (laughs) So you are somebody's life-changing person. How's that? So be, love everyone always, and go be a life-changing person. So should I call the podcast Life-Changing Person? I mean, that is the ending. And, uh, but I do think the most significant thing I had to say was that we subconsciously are avoiding death all the time. And there's one person that talked about the word of life. So let's get some life. Let's start today. Eternal life starts now. That's another one. Uh, so run with that, people. Whoever you are, whoever's listening, run with those concepts. I am home to the backyard. Kind of the back house, as Rob would say. This is kind of the back house. There goes Buddy's artwork into the weekly can. I've got a saguaro on the mountain behind me. The saguaro is lit up by a solar light, not because I'm green, but because you can put light without having to hook it up to any cord. So you can climb the mountain and place your solar light um, near a cactus. And there's only one saguaro that's like eight or ten feet tall behind me. So that's why I chose that location. It looks pretty cool. I actually got a compliment from someone that lives in the next little area. And they, uh, that was quite, that brought a lot of joy to my, my day when he asked me, hey, do you know who put that light up there on the mountain? And he was actually the high school baseball coach for 10 or 12 years. Interesting guy. And, uh, he said, yeah, I did. I put that up there. So, 
he said he and his wife think that's the coolest thing. A little Arizona nature um, story for you. So if you're up in Chicago or Minnesota, it's very cold up there right now. <laughs> in fact, one of the fellows I work with took a picture of his temperature gauge on his car as he was driving and it was minus 40 degrees. Can you believe that? Wow. Which by the way, minus 40 I believe is exactly the same in Celsius as in Fahrenheit. A little engineering factoid, science factoid for you. So double check that. Let me see if minus 40, what do we, we do? We do something like 212 uh, shit, I don't know. Dude, you take something, 212, then on five nights or something, I don't know what it works out. So Celsius to Fahrenheit conversion for you folks. So minus 40, can you believe it? A, it was 75 here today, so it's like a hundred, what is that, 115 degree difference. Now, it'll be 115, I can take a picture in my car in a few months, and they'll say 115 or 117 sometimes, and but it'll still be like 90 in uh, Minnesota. It could be 80, it could be 70, but the difference won't be, will not be 115 degrees. So it's never 115 in Phoenix and zero <laughs> in Minnesota. So we love our weather here in Arizona um, it gets tough between June 1st and September 21st let's say maybe September 15th but yeah so June July August and a little bit of September those three three and a half months can be kind of brutal but that's what you got a swimming pool for and air conditioning and blue skies okay so word of life and eternal life I like eternal life starts now so that is the name of the podcast although I did throw out a few other gems in there and I named it right so to Rob Bell's shout out I'm following something to say guides and uh, I got a bunch of I got a few things in there I got uh, you know, avoid death. That's what we do. We're avoiding death. I got, um, what was the other, what was the other one? <laughs> avoiding death, word of life. Um, I don't know. You heard them all, but it's eternal, oh, eternal life starts now. So let's get that going. And I will get, let you get back to your own personal, your own personal eternal life. May you find joy in your eternal life starting now and grace, peace, and mercy to you. Amen. Now, let me figure out how to turn it off. And I don't edit, so you got you got this other ending. Okay, 44 minutes. Love everyone always. <laughs>